When I was 13, uh, my youth group used to have uh, discos, dances. Uh, and uh, I don't know about you, there were discos that were rubbish. Uh, they were rubbish because all the boys would stand on one side, just eating from the tuck shop, just constantly. And the girls would dance, but in this kind of enclosed circle over here. And the boys over here would be like, I'm going to go and ask them to dance. And no one ever did. And the girls would look at you as if, if you did ask me to dance, I'm going to kill you. Um, and, and they were really awkward for me. And as you guys know, I've shared quite a lot. Uh, I wasn't the most attractive child, at least in my view, growing up. I was quite fat, uh, quite sleazy. Um, some of you say you haven't changed. Um, and, uh, uh, and yet, on this evening, when I got ready, I just had a growth spurt. Puberty kicked in, uh, and I was suddenly tall and strong and lithe. And also, mum and dad had recently brought me new clothes. Uh, and new clothes, I literally mean from the shop. Uh, I have a big brother, and we used to pass lots of clothes down. But I was suddenly taller than him, which meant that I got new clothes, and it meant that I passed them on to him. I was looking good. I was feeling good. And as I walked out, this is a true story, as I walked out the door, my mum grabbed my face in a loving way and said, my boy, you are lovely. You look lovely. You are my strong man. You've never looked as good as you do tonight. Now, some of you might find that a bit weird. Um, it's just how my mum is. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, mum. Uh, but I went out the door. I went out the door. And genuinely, those words were ringing in my head. It was the only thing I could hear. Just that. And I strutted to that disco like an absolute champ. And I got to disco, and sure enough, all my mates were there on the side of the hall, and the girls were already dancing on their little bags. Okay? And one of my mates was like eating pickled onion uh, Space Raider crisps, which is a bad thing to do at any youth event. <laughs> but I was feeling good, and my mum's words, you're lovely, you're lovely, you're my boy, you look like a strong man, were ringing in my head. And I said to the lads, I'm going to go and dance. I'm going to go and dance. And they were like, no, you're rubbish at dancing. And for a moment, my little fear rose up inside me. But then my mum's voice, you're lovely, you've never looked as good as you do tonight, rang out strong in my head. And I started dancing by myself in the middle of the room. Classic two-step. I don't know if you've ever done that one. I'd learned it from my dad. <laughs> Just the occasional little point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of you know it well. Okay. And my lads were laughing, and the shame was rising. But my mum's words were the only thing I could hear. My boy, you're lovely. You're loved. You've never looked as good as you do tonight. You're, you're my boy. You're my strong Harris guy. It was in my head, genuinely. I just kept going. Didn't care. Didn't care what they thought. My mum thought I was lovely. The girls in their circle looked at me, daggers. Girls, please don't roll your eyes at people. It's just not nice. <laughs> it's just generally. Um, anyway, looked at me, rolled their eyes. Once again, shame, fear, all that. But then I was like, no, nah, I'm lovely. My mum said it. I'm lovely. I'm loved. I'm loved. Just kept dancing. And then miracle of miracles happened. True story. A little crack opened up in the circle. And one of the girls did this. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait. wait, wait, wait. It gets better. Right? Age 13 slash 14, 1994. There's me, a ring of 15 girls. My mates are jealous. <laughs> And I'm loving it. And I'm still there in the circle, two-stepping. Not quite knowing who to point at now, because there's so many. Okay. We dance a lot, and I'm sweaty, but they don't care. I'm, the voices in my head just like, you're lovely, you're loved, you're lovely, you're loved, you're my boy, you're my boy, you're loved. And I was loving it, best evening of my life. 13, 14. End of the night, Elton John's Can You Feel The Love Tonight comes on. DJ goes, a little slow one for you guys to finish. And I was thinking, okay, time to go. 
time to go. And the prettiest girl in the youth group grabbed me and went, do you want to dance? And I was like, I have wanted to dance my entire life. <laughs> anyway, so uh, um, I need someone to demonstrate with. Um, no, 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 I won't. Uh, Matt Horwood, Matt Horwood, thank you. Matt Horwood, just quickly, just quickly. Matt, Matt, just quickly, please. Matt Horwood, please, please, really quickly. Bye. Okay. Now, Matt, you're the girl, I'm the guy, right? Don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay, so, so this is... Look at Lisa's face, I love it. Right, so, so if you can hold my shoulders, right, thanks. Okay, now, I held, I held her elbows. <laughs> Matt, you're very good at this, okay? Um, then, wait, then, uh, and I'm not going to make you do this unless you really want to, uh, she took my hands and placed them on her side. Can you do that for me? Oh... And then I did the classic. I tried to reach around the back a little bit, and then she slapped my hands, so I knew. <laughs> I knew. All true story, okay. And we danced, right? And at the end of the night, I mean, I'm not going to make you do this. Round of applause to Matt, thank you. Okay. At, at the end of the song, at the end of the song, um, she went in to kiss me, right? I know, now, now, listen, listen, listen. Look at me, look at me. I used to feel exactly like that. There's this weird moment, age 13, 14, where it changes, right? And um, so, I, I leant in with my cheek, and I'd seen this thing on telly that was a bit cheeky, where as she got close, I spun my face. And she kissed, she kissed me on the lips, and then she kissed me on the lips again. Right. We never spoke after that night. <laughs> but, but, for that one night, for that one night, I'm not joking, best night ever. Like, free from fear, free from shame, free from all that kind of rubbish. And, and I guess that the question I want to ask you guys today is how good would it be if your inner monologue was just what God said about you? How good would it be if your inner monologue was just what God said about you? You're my loved child. You're mine. You're precious in my sight. I rejoice over you with singing. How, how freeing would that be for us? Like, how good would it be if when we look at the world, we just hear what God says about it? I love it. I sent my son for it. You've got a mission to live for it. Reach out into it. But don't be afraid. I'm coming. I'm coming again for my people. Like, how freeing would that be? Like, how freeing would it be to, to treat others and see others just in the way that God sees them? Like, how freeing would that be? Um, are you having some problems with the sound now? Okay, no, fine. Um, how freeing would that be? Like, and, and I guess what I want to try and say is when we talk about dancing for an audience of one is I want to encourage you guys to know so much what God thinks about you that that gives you the confidence and strength you need. Like, I, I want that for all of us. I want us to, to recognize as we think about this a little bit, like how, how good that would be if we just lived according to what God said, what God thought, what God felt. It's really hard. Yeah. But the Bible says, doesn't it? Love the Lord your God with your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength. That's everything. Just everything. Um, now, before we get there, I'm going to get you to just one little bit of work. Um, this seems a bit echoey now. I don't know what's happened there. If you can, sorry. Um, because in this passage, there's an example of uh, sort of living for self, like living for the wrong one person. Okay, so living for the wrong person one. So, so what we do is get your Bibles out. Uh, and Daniel, there's a question I want you to ask if you keep going down to my little talky bit. Thank you very much. Okay, the question is this. I want you to do a little bit of work. Um, in this passage, there's an example where people are loving God, but in a really self-centered way. It's just about them. That's not what I'm talking about here. When I say living for an audience of one, the one is not you. The one is God, right? So the question is this. What differences can you see 
between the two attempts to get the ark into town. Now, some of you might know, I don't know what the ark is. Is that Noah's ark? That seems a big thing to carry. No. Uh, this is a box that held some really special items from the Israelites' sort of escape out of Egypt. Uh, and it used to be carried around, and it signified God's presence in camp. There were some really strong instructions about how it should be carried on poles in Numbers and in Exodus, Numbers chapter 4, and about who could touch it and who could carry it. That's a little clue for some of you. Um, but... But what's the differences, can you see, between the first attempt where the guy ends up dying and the second attempt where the ark comes in just before we get to David dancing, okay? Can you have a little chat together? Do get your kids involved. We want them to look at the Bible, even the hard bits, okay? What differences can you see? And I guess the question is, what's wrong with the first one? What's right with the second one? Okay, you've got just a few seconds. Uh, have a little look, a couple of minutes. Have a little look. Go. Okay, just a few more seconds. Keep this moving today. Keep this moving. So, what differences can you see? What differences can you see? Now, I'm going to answer the elephant in the room, um, which is, seems a bit harsh, the guy died. Hands up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it is. Um, uh, Matt was just saying something really helpful, which is like, surely anyone who sees something precious, why wouldn't you want to stop it? I guess uh, we're going to find out today. They had too small a view of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and that actually, this is a God who had already defeated armies, parted rivers, carried them to safety. If God wants to stop his ark falling down, he can stop his ark falling down. And there's a, there's a sense of irreverence in the act. And I know it's difficult, but I, I think one challenge I want to give us is the only reason we come as boldly before God as we do now is because our Jesus came for us. It's, it's a challenge. You know, um, what's the most common words angels and God says when he appears to people in the Bible? What does he say next? Don't be afraid, yeah. And there's a reverence about that. But it, is, it, it does seem harsh. My view is God could have stopped his ark falling if he wanted. But there's a bigger issue. We're gonna find out. What's the differences? What's the differences? Differences. What differences can you see? What could you see? Differences. Any differences? Okay. Love that. So no sacrifice in the first one. Just a lot of singing. Okay, in the second one, sacrifice every kind of six steps. Um, I mean, that's a messy scene as well. Um, but, but there's something challenging, isn't there, about if we're here to sing songs but not sacrifice, that becomes me-centered worship. Yeah, living for God, something else. Okay, some more. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, B. Yeah, yeah, it's a humility. Uh, the first one is David going, I'm bringing the ark back. I'm bringing the ark back. Uh, the second one's like, this is God's ark. Like, he's our God. So there's, there's a real challenge there. And I think, once again, worship without humility becomes self-centered. Yeah, Steve Paver. Can I just say that? I love that. Can you say that again nice and loud? They do what with it? They punt it on a cart. Love that. Because it's easier. Interestingly as well, exactly the same way the Philistines had carried it around. Which is the people who are the enemy who captured it on a cart, wheel it around. In Exodus in Numbers 4, it's very clear. Only certain people can carry it and it should be carried by poles. Yeah? Um, in the first one, there's lots of noise and singing and passion, but no obedience. No obedience. And when we talk about God-centered worship... I've done that load. Sing the songs, go and do whatever I want. Like, there's a challenge here about obedience. But that's really helpful. It's punt it on a cart. I think it'll be easier. There's no cost. Uh, helpful. Any more? Any more? You're doing really well? Yes. 
Yeah, didn't touch it in the second one. They learned their lesson. Like, let's not touch this thing. Like, this is, this is the very presence of God. Uh, and the idea being that God is perfectly holy. We cannot approach him. We cannot touch him uh, unless we've been made holy. And, and thanks be to God that Jesus has lived perfectly for us. So that's good stuff. Uh, any, anything else? Anything else? Um, there's one bit in this, which is my favorite bit. Those of you who know me well. Uh, one little bit that David does that's my favorite part. Um, I like cake. Uh, in the second bit, he gives out cakes and bread. What's that about? Gives out cakes and bread to all the people. What do you think? What might that be about? Yeah, Helen, yeah. Okay, so about enjoying God's presence, blessing everyone, uh, and in one sense as well, justice and mercy. Yeah, feeding, feeding people. I, I, think, I think for me, the bit I love about this is when worship flows out into to, to, to acts of love and kindness, it means something more than just a song. So, so those are some good things. So what, what makes God's sense of worship? But today we're talking about the idea of dancing uh, for an ounce of one. In verse 9, David says, the only person I fear is the Lord. He has this big view of God. This big view of God. As I come to a finish, I want to say, in today's culture, it's so hard to live for an ounce of one. We have never been more connected, both physically, electronically, never been more judged. I used to be able to come home from school or come home from that disco age 13 and 14, and I wouldn't hear about it from my mates. Nowadays, I can't imagine. Imagine you went to a disco, you guys, and you went home. Your little thread, Insta thread. Here's a picture of them dancing. What a muppet. Paddy danced with her by himself. Here's a video of Paddy dancing two-step in the disco. And everyone's like, what a muppet. What an idiot. Like, how hard is it to live for an audience of one today? All your holiday pics, you get thumbs up or thumbs down. Here's a beautiful view of my holiday. Went out for a meal to this place. That restaurant's rubbish. When I went there, I found a hair in my soup. Like, everything now is so much about what other people think. And I, I genuinely, it's so hard. You know, I've been chatting to some young people saying there's such a pressure at school. You know, it's so hard in school that they end up sort of thinking about relationships I might have or not have based on what others are going to think or how safe. Like, that's brutal. Think how freeing it would be for all of you if the one voice you listen to was the one who knew you best, loved you most, and made you from the very beginning. And that's really hard. And it took David a long time to get there. Like we've been going through David forgetting who God is. But we do that by knowing his word. We do that by having friends and family who speak God's word into our lives. We do that maybe some of us by going to speak to professionals who can help us unpick some of those really powerful voices that have lodged in our head. We do the hard work of it. But I want to encourage you guys, church, dance to an audience of one. Some of you might think, why does Paddy do action songs up the front? Doesn't he care? I don't care anymore. I genuinely don't. I love David's words. I'll become even more undignified than this. And do you notice what David said? I'll even humiliate myself in my own eyes if God is glorified. That's a powerful bit. Many of us are so keen to look right on the outside. We forget that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So I want to encourage you guys, dance for an audience of one. It's freeing. You might end up being kissed by the prettiest girl in the youth group. But when it comes to God and being serious for a second, I honestly believe that when we begin to love God and have the boldness to approach him because we're dancing for an audience of one, one day we might even get to kiss the face of God, which would be pretty mind-blowing, wouldn't it?